0: Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord, amen. The text for our Good Friday service of darkness, certainly the gospel reading that we heard John 18 and 19, but also words from the book of Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22, without the shedding of blood, There is no forgiveness of sins, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Excruciating, it is excruciating. I have heard that word, that term, that phrase more often in the last three weeks, I believe, than I have in my entire life. The start of Major League Baseball has been postponed. Fans everywhere, it is excruciating that I can't watch the national pastime. Oh, the thought of having a a shorter season or seven inning games, it's excruciating. Here in Nebraska, people are lamenting as well. What do you mean? The college football season may be postponed. What do you mean my beloved Huskers may not play? What do you mean the games may be played in front of empty stadiums? I can't bear the thought, it is excruciating. What do you mean no summer youth sports? What do you mean no family vacation wherever I choose? What do you mean social distancing or rule of 10 may last into the summer? I can't bear the thought. It is excruciating. I can't leave my house whenever I want to. I have to wash my hands or socially distance or abide by a a rule of 10. Do you realize that what what that does to my personality? I'm a people person. It is excruciating to abide by these rules. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've felt it. Maybe you've said it. That word, excruciating, is especially important for us to ponder on Good Friday. The word excruciating literally means from the cross or out of the cross. You want to know what excruciating is? Excruciating is what we see on Good Friday. There is no more agonizing gory, brutal, ugly way to die than death by crucifixion. It is the very epitome of cruel and unusual punishment. Torture, shame, public display, It is literally excruciating. It is deliberately meant to be the most slow, painful death imaginable. It was the Roman preferred method of death, execution. For criminals, yes, for the lowest of the low, no Roman citizen could be put to death by crucifixion, but slaves sure could. Anybody who didn't really matter and yet was a part of society. There were really four parts to crucifixion. First, you had to have a trial. Then there was a flogging, a public beating, then the individual had to carry their own cross to the spot of execution. And then the crucifixion itself. Crosses with people hanging, screaming out in agony, lined the roads, usually by the city gate. It was meant to be a public deterrent to crime. You got the message very quickly. Obey or end up like this. Obey or you're next. Amazingly, it was a vital component to the Pax Romana. The peace of Rome. It became a common occurrence. People looked forward to it. It became kind of a blood sport. And the more people saw it, the more they loved it. The more they participated in this blood sport, the more the blood lust grew and grew and grew inside of them. Today, we don't like to think much about the blood and gore and agony and pain of crucifixion. Crucifixion, the crucifixion of Jesus, is the ultimate manifestation of God's law. God's cup of wrath poured out on sin is poured out on Jesus. It is God's intention that Jesus would die by crucifixion. It is God's will that Jesus would die this horrific, ugly, agonizing, gory death. And it is this agonizing, gory death that Jesus willingly submitted to, to save us, to save you. God's plan and purpose was to save the world. God's plan and purpose to save the world was through the brutal, agonizing crucifixion of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross for you, for me, and for the life of the world. So today, we meditate and we ponder on the cross. The Apostle Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 2 chapter 1. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. We see crosses all around, don't we? Jewelry, clothing, people Not only Christians, but people everywhere adorn a cross. There's nothing wrong with wearing a cross, but for many people, wearing the cross is no sign or symbol of their faith. For many people, it's just the opposite. The sign of the cross is folly, is foolishness is meant to mock and deride you, dear Christian. In 1857, archaeologists uncovered the first and earliest known depiction of a crucifix. It's really quite famous. You can do a simple Google search for Alexander worships his God. You wanna know what the early Romans thought of Christianity, thought of Jesus? Depicted in this graffiti, now hanging in a museum, depicted on this graffiti is a human body On the cross, with a donkey head. Making fun of Christians. Yes, they worship a donkey. They worship an ass. Their worship is foolishness. The Jews would do the same thing. Deuteronomy 23 says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree my friends there is nothing new under the sun people hear of jesus they laugh and they mock and they ridicule oh they might concede jesus as a good man or a moral leader but the son of god that's a joke Dying a once and for all sacrificial death on Calvary's cross, that is foolishness. You worship a donkey. My friends, today, as we ponder all that our Lord and Savior has done, an excruciatingly painful death, On Calvary's cross today God calls us to repent to repent of our false gods to repent of our foolish way of thinking that somehow anything that we do or feel or experience is comparable to what Jesus endured on this day My friends, why was Jesus crucified on Calvary's cross? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross for the life of the world. Jesus shed his blood on Calvary's cross for you and for your salvation. You see, there's a problem with our blood our blood is sick now I'm not talking about the sick blood that one of our vicars had a few years ago a blood sickness called cancer or specifically the blood sickness that is cancer of the blood, leukemia. I'm not talking about a plague that would affect our blood like the bubonic plague or coronavirus. No. When our blood gets sick, we take Medicines, we get a vaccine or a shot, maybe even a transfusion, but that only delays the inevitable, right? Our blood is sick in a different way. Our blood is sick with sin. And the wages of sin is death. There is no Social distancing that can keep you from the death caused by your soul sick sin. There is no vaccine that you can take, there is no way that you can exclude yourselves, quarantine yourselves from its benefit or it's repercussions my friends no human effort of any kind can cleanse our blood that's why jesus came that's why god sent jesus jesus whose blood is holy jesus whose blood is perfect jesus the lamb without spot or blemish has perfect blood because Jesus was born by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary Jesus was born without sin Jesus God in the flesh has holy perfect blood blood that cannot die right Jesus And his perfect blood lives a perfect life. Jesus committed no sin, not once, not ever. But here's the problem with Jesus' blood. As long as that blood stays inside of Jesus, it does you no good. As long as that holy, innocent, precious blood stays in his body, it does nothing for the life of the world. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus freely and willingly offers his blood as a sacrifice for the sin of the world. From the first drop of blood shed by Jesus in his circumcision to the last drop of blood that oozed out of his dead body as he hung suspended between heaven and earth on Good Friday. Jesus sheds his blood for you. We heard it in our text, didn't we? The crown of thorns rammed down on his head. The beating, where the blood oozes from the wounds on his back and on his chest. Jesus, nailed to Calvary's cross, bleeding from his hands and his feet. Jesus, stone-cold dead, with a spear pierced into his side, Flowing out water and blood. Jesus sheds His blood. His holy, precious, innocent blood for you. My friends, God cannot die. But Jesus, true God and true man, has died for you. Shed His blood. His holy, precious blood for you. And it is the most wonderful, divine mystery that the world has ever seen. Today, today we see once again, as if for the first time, God's great love for this world. There are many who could not care less. There are many who will laugh and joke and mock Christians and their God. And you know what? God has even died for them. Shed his blood for them. Shed his blood for poor miserable sinners like you and me. Who all too often take for granted what Jesus endured this day so many years ago for our forgiveness, for our salvation, for our eternal life. My friends, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Rejoice. Christ has shed his blood once and for all. Christ has shed his blood for you. It is finished. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our faith,